Well, Heavenly Father, that song really does say it all. It is through amazing grace that, that you pour out your love to us. It's through your love you pour out your grace to us. Uh, it's because of your great love and the power of your grace in us that we can have lives full of hope, that we can, we can expect good like we sang, Lord. You are a God that has good plans for us. And we're excited, Lord. Today we're excited as we're in your house. We are your family in your housing and your praises. That, that's what this family does. And we love you, Lord. Before the kids go down to Children's Church, uh, before I ever crack the Bible open, before we ever go anywhere, do anything else, Lord, we want you to know that we love you and that we're overwhelmed by your love for us. And Lord, I, I think that you did speak to Lois a little bit earlier about uh, someone in here that is discouraged, maybe a little bit downtrodden. And so I just pray for that person right now. Um, Maybe they're in such a low place that they just don't feel like they can lift their arm in a crowd. So, Lord, would you please touch them? All the words we just sang, Lord, would you prove the truth in the words we just sang to individuals here this morning right now that are struggling with something, that might be depressed or discouraged, or maybe they're just anxious and they can't even put their finger on why. Lord, I pray for your grace to touch them, to strengthen them. I pray for your peace that literally is too big for us to understand. It's outside of our understanding to explain it. I pray for your peace now to fall upon every single person in this room, that we wouldn't just be calm, that we wouldn't just be quote-unquote in a good place, but we'd be overwhelmed with your peace, the supernatural presence of God Almighty. And Lord, I just thank you. Before I hear the testimonies, before anybody comes up and says, yep, that was me, I did, yep. Lord, I just say thank you, because I know you're so faithful. Thank you, God, for answering our prayers. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. Well, thank you, worship team. Once again, that was awesome. Thank you, sound and slide guys. Did great. So I'll release all the kids and the children's church workers. And for everyone else that's still here, if you could turn with me to John chapter 1, please. So in three weeks from now, we're going to do water baptism again. Isn't it awesome that we have to have water baptism pretty regularly now? <laughs> I think that's pretty exciting. Praise God. And so today's title was clearly the children of God. That's what I was going to call today's sermon. But um, the last couple days, especially this morning, it seems like God kind of changed the emphasis a little bit. So it's somewhere between children of God and water baptism. And, and I'll let the Holy Spirit explain to you how those, those go together. <laughs> We're going to look at some of the verses that I've been studying out and reading and I want to share today about it. But it's just this amazing thing. Water baptism is so amazing. It, it really is. 
And if you've been here for a while, you know that our, our baptism tank is right back there, right at the foot of the cross. And so we'll, the people that are getting baptized kind of go up through these doors and then come around and then go into that tank back there. And then we dunk them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, baptize them into Jesus Christ. And so that's water baptism in the strictest natural sense of the word. But water baptism signifies such a, a great transformation. It's an outward declaration of an inward transformation. I used to say inward decision, but that's not right. Because when you really get water baptized in faith, putting all your faith in Jesus Christ as a born-again saint, there's a transformation that happens. We go from a dead sinner to an alive saint. And it's completely through and through. And that's what water baptism kind of points at. It's a, it's a showcase of that transformation, if you will. And so some people think of water baptism, that's ah, no big deal. I got baptized when I was eight years old. Oh, well. Can I tell you that you missed something? If, if you use oh, well and water baptism in the same sentence describing yourself, you miss something. Because water baptism is a supernatural experience in the power of God in, onto salvation in our personal lives. Amen? Okay, okay. I'm, I'm, I just want to make sure you guys are tracking with me. So, are you at John chapter 1? Uh, skip down to verse 12, would you please? This is amazing. This is what Jesus says about us, or I should say said about us if you're already born again. Jesus says, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of the blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Those who were born again by God, who, who received Jesus as the Lord and Savior, didn't just make a decision, so to speak, received. The idea of this received is like you latch onto. They would have to beat your hands to get your hands to relax off of that. That's how hard we grabbed Jesus when we received Jesus. We grabbed onto him. We didn't just happen to be in a meeting and go, well, okay, they want people to get saved. Nobody's raising their hand. I guess I'll do it. I've been thinking about it anyway. There, I've done it. Now, hopefully, Jesus is going to make me real lucky and things are going to go good. That ain't this. Jesus literally says, I'm quoting him. I'm reading it right from the Bible. It's in your Bible too. As many as received them, him... To them he gave the right to become children of God. Wow. Lately I've had a few different conversations about being members here at church, and I'm, I'm just being brutally honest. I, I struggle with church membership. About half of my brain goes, we need to have membership, and we need to have all this list of stuff that we do, and all the list of stuff that we don't, and we all agree on that stuff, therefore we're all a big group of people that go to church. Uh, the other half of my brain goes, I don't see church membership anywhere in the Bible. The other half of my brain goes, how do you become a church member and somehow be more important because you belong to any building church than the body of Christ? When we got born again, we became citizens of heaven. That's, that's way more important than being a member at New Hall Christian Fellowship. When we got born again, we became children of God, sons and daughters of God Almighty. That's way more important than whatever your church address is here on earth. Amen? When you got born again, you became a citizen of heaven. That's your permanent address. This is only our work address. So if you're a member of the church, you can go, oh, I'm absolutely a member of the church. I'm born again. I got, I got doused into, adopted into, accepted into the church of Christ the moment I got born again. 
before I ever prayed, before I ever went to church once, before I ever put $5 in a plate, before I ever served in children's, before any of that stuff, Jesus gave me the right for you all to call me a son of God. Wow. Man, I could just, we should take another offering right now, shouldn't we? This is so good. Man. So we're transformed by receiving him as Lord and Savior, and at the same time, new birth happens. Shabam! I wonder what that looks like in the spiritual realm. If, if we could see in the spiritual realm, the instant someone gets saved, they get born again, they give their lives to the Lord, and that new birth happens. What does that look like? How many colors are in that thing? How bright is that? I, if we could hear in the spiritual realm, are, are trumpets blaring? What does God see when we become his son and daughter in the spiritual? It ain't what we see. Just somebody raise their hand, they say a prayer, and then we all leave, and we're like, oh, that was kind of a neat guy got saved. It's like, uh-uh. Up in heaven, it says, when even one sinner repents, it says all the angels in heaven, that, by the way, are standing before God Almighty, all of them party, when even one sinner repents. So the day when I got saved, they threw a party in heaven for me. It wasn't because I became a member at Newhall, neither. It was because I was all of a sudden a member in God's house. I was a son of the Most High God. Whew, man, hallelujah. Remind the devil of some of this stuff when he starts trying to discourage you later. Are you having a tough day tomorrow? Because tomorrow is Monday. So if you're starting to battle some of your thoughts and some stuff's going on, just remind him. Hold on a second. Yeah, I, I belong at New Hall. That's where God's planted me, and I'm serving God with all I got at New Hall. But more importantly, I'm a son of the Most High God. Let me just remind you how this ends. It ends with me in heaven celebrating right in the face of God. Man, hallelujah. So we're transformed. We're, we're adopted into his family. Everything is brand new. I like how in Corinthians, Paul says, behold. Like, could you all just stop for a second? Hold, hold on. Forget, forget everything you think about. Behold, all things are new. That's how he says it. It's like, yeah, that's us when we get born again. Behold, all things are new. The opposite is how the world tries to do stuff. Here you go. Here's your list of 35 things. You're going to start doing the first one tomorrow, and then if you get good enough at that, then you can do number two on the next day. And if you get good at that, then you can, oh, you screwed up number one. Back to number one. Here we go. And you keep doing it until hopefully you get down to the end and somehow somebody thinks you're good. Uh-uh. Don't sign me up for that. <laughs> I'm born again. Behold, all things are new. I'm walking it out. Sometimes to you guys, it might not look like I'm new. It's certainly not all new, but guess what? You can't see in the Spirit. If you could see my brand new self in here, you'd be like, oh, man, all things are new. Hallelujah. You know the story of the prodigal son? I think most of us are born again Christians. I think all of us are here today, so everybody's used to the story of the prodigal son, right? Prodigal son gets uh, to the place where he, he must have been, I'm guessing, a teenager. He might have been like 19. Maybe he was even 20, 21. You know when you know everything? Remember that? I wish I'd have wrote some of that stuff down when I knew everything. But that's how this guy is. So he gets fed up with dad. Dad's still doing things the old-fashioned way, dumb way, stupid thing. Doesn't even make sense, some of the stuff. He just tells me I have to do it because he said I have to do it. Uh, we all got told that, right? I got told that, and I told my kids that. <laughs> so prodigal son gets a belly full of dad's rules, says, you know what, pops? Why don't you just give me my half of your kingdom? And dad must have been thinking, now hold on a second. You, you don't get your inheritance until I'm dead. 
And I wonder what the kids said that made dad give him his inheritance. Did he say, you're, you're as good as dead to me? You might as well be as dead to me. I don't want to ever see you. What did he say that dad said, you know what? Here's your half. You, you go ahead and do what you're going to do. So the kid goes out, Mr. Know-it-all. Uh, it doesn't take him too long to blow up his whole life. Eventually, he's slopping pigs, and he's thinking about stealing the pig food. That's how bad it is. And he, the Bible says he comes to himself. Oh, man, you know what? There was an idiot, and it wasn't Dad. It was me. I, I need to go ask his forgiveness. Because when I was with my father, I had everything I needed. He took great care of me. He only ever really loved me. Now I get it. So he runs back to the dad. And dad's, dad's watching for him. Dad's not sitting there all bitter and hurt and just all snarled up. Dad's like, no, I've been praying for this. Here comes my son. And he meets him, and he gives him three things. He gives him the robe, he gives him the ring, and he gives him the Reeboks. Right? Well, they were sandals. But I needed it to, to match and to rhyme, so I, I threw the Reeboks in there. So the robe is all about, like, here's, this, here's my son. He's back from the dead, and I want to make sure that I put this robe on, and I want to put the ring on him, and I want to put the, the Reebok on When When you go to a real fancy hotel, you know what they put in your room? A robe. Now, I've only been in rooms like that once or twice in my whole life. Most of the hotels I stay at, don't, you don't get a room. But... At really nice places like this guy's house, when the son came back, he gave him a robe because he was the guest of honor. He gave him a ring. He got the house ring. If you had that ring on, dad's ring, which was made only a few of them, if you had that ring, you could go anywhere you want, show the ring, and get what you, you had the same authority as what dad had. So you could go buy sheep, goat, camel, whatever, brand new tent. Yep, see the ring? Yep, charge it to the house. He had a ring of the house. He had the robe of the house. He had the ring of the house. And he had the Reeboks of the house. Because slaves didn't have shoes. And I'll bet when Junior came back after slopping the hogs, he didn't have shoes anymore. He probably sold those for a meal somewhere along the line before he was looking at pig slop, hoping he could eat some of it. He probably sold his shoes. First thing Dad comes in, said, Dad says, here's a robe, here's a ring, and here's your Reeboks because you're the guest of honor. You have authority in this house, and you ain't no slave. You're a son here. That's the prodigal son. That's all of us. We came in. He gave us the right to become sons and daughters. That's so much higher and bigger than church membership. It's so much bigger than all the stuff that we label by people, denominations, all this stuff. You can't top being the son and daughter of God. You cannot top. That's who we are. So is this water baptism or children of God? I, I guess it's both, yeah. So our number one point today, it's our choice to receive him. That was point number one. Now I'm going to go on to point number two. Point number two is it's our choice to receive him. Do you see the difference? Okay. You guys are tracking. I, I, I'm really glad. So turn with me to John chapter 3 now. We're going to leave... John 1, verses 12 and 13, and we're going to go to John 3, 3 through 8. You know, in that, the parable of the prodigal son, I love the statement how dad explains what happened after he gives him the robe and the ring and the Reeboks. And he turns around and he, says, he throws this party. He says, I'm throwing this party because my son who was dead is now alive and my son who was lost is now found. 
It's like, wow, what a statement. That's what our Father said about us. We got born again. John 3, verse 3. Jesus is talking to, at the time, maybe the most specialized religious specialist at the time. Nicodemus was a religious expert, knew everything there was about the law, about church, which at that time would have been temple, everything about temple life, church membership, belonging with the right names, and all that stuff. Nicodemus was the expert. Nicodemus has some kind of a faith thing going on for Jesus or in Jesus, but not enough to actually do it out where other people can see it. So Nicodemus sneaks to have this, this chat with Jesus at nighttime. And so let's look at this, this conversation of a religious person and Jesus tries to explain becoming a son and daughter. Verse 3, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Uh, can I just start out by saying either Nicodemus was dumber than a, a bag of hammers or, or he was super sarcastic? Did he literally ask Jesus, do I have to crawl back up in my mom and get born again? Seriously? I, I'm guessing sarcastic. I, I think this... This expert was out of his comfort zone, and here Jesus is schooling him, and he's using riddles, and this guy was a little ticked off. So I think that's why he said that to him. Jesus says, look, you've got to be born again. You've got to be born of water and the Spirit. And what this religious expert would have known, when he said you've got to be born of the water, he would have known that that's not the embryonic sac, and the, the, it's not that. He would have known it meant repentance. Because John the Baptist had come through preaching repentance. The baptism of John was the baptism of repentance. So they went out to the Jordan, got dunked in the Jordan as a sign of repentance that they wanted to be right with God. And that wasn't new. If you do a study in the Old Testament, you'll see water baptism was in the Old Testament. Several of the prophets did water baptism. Some of the priests, when they were being ordained, had water baptism. So it's always been a sign of someone, an individual, not a church body, an individual, coming to the Lord God Almighty and humbling him or herself and repenting and saying, God, I, I'm not God. I, I don't have any rights anymore. I, I'm not the boss. I, I don't have any rights. I don't have any authority on my own. I just want to serve you, God. So you're my Lord. You're my God Almighty. And I'm, I'm going to trust that you're going to be my Savior too. That's baptism of repentance. Jesus takes it another step. Jesus says, not only do you have to have uh, a baptism of water, but of the Spirit. Because Jesus is talking about getting born again through faith in Jesus Christ, the risen Savior, which had not happened yet. But Nicodemus is still wondering about crawling back up into his mom. He missed what could have been a life-changing moment if he wouldn't have been sarcastic or, or whatever. He obviously had some kind of a snag, and he took himself out of having one of the greatest church uh, ministry sessions that any human could have had. 
He was one-on-one with Jesus Christ himself, and he goes to sarcasm instead of asking another question that would have helped him understand. Poof, man. Jesus said, no, you, 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 you got to be born of water and the Spirit. Repentance, uh, you know, Hollywood and the world around us, media, all that stuff, they've done a really good job of making repentance an ugly word. Like it's, it's a failure, it's uh, two strikes against you, you're almost out type thing. Repentance is a gift from God. You can't just wake up in the morning and go, you know what? I'm going to put a little bit more money in my 401, and I think I'll be repentant. So both of these will help me have a good future. You, you can't just decide to repent, not in your own. It's impossible. When you feel like you want to repent, you've already been touched by the Holy Ghost. It's a gift of God. Repentance is a gift of God. So when we feel like we should repent, I've talked to many people. It's like, yeah, I know I should. I'm just not ready yet. Can I just tell you, as long as you're in that human body, your pride's never going to be ready? <laughs> when you sense you need to repent, repent. Peter said, repent that times of refreshing may come upon you. I've talked to a lot of Christians that are like, I'm just dry. I'm just kind of sick of the whole thing. I'm just, I just, I'm just kind of fed up. I just, I just I, I'm kind of done. I have to stop myself from going, well, when was the last time you repented of anything? Because chances are they quit repenting the little things until little things turn into big things until they're kind of switched off to the nudge of the Holy Spirit as he's trying to shape us as sons and daughters. There's nothing better than getting convicted by the Holy Ghost, and I know that I'm wrong, and I know that God pointed it out, and I'm just going to hit the deck and go, Lord, you're right, I was wrong. Would you please forgive me? Would you please forgive me and cleanse me of all unrighteousness and refill me now with your presence that I can live for you? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's go have a good day. It's just that simple. Or you can go, no, I am not. It's not my fault anyways. The only reason I cussed them out is because they cut me off. Come on. More people should have laughed at that. I've seen how some of you drive. Man. The Spirit is regeneration by faith. When you get born from above, it's in this whole repentance bubble, whatever you want to call it. When we repent for the first time, we repent of lordship of our life, and we ask for forgiveness for all the sins in our life, boom, and we're born again. And we are a son and a daughter of the Most High. It's repentance, it's water, and it's spirit, all in that same thing, and our forever changes. Man. I get excited about this kind of stuff. So the baptism of John was repentance, but the baptism of John was, was pointing us to, to baptism in the Spirit. You know, the last few weeks I've been talking about being baptized in the Holy Ghost and filled with the Holy Ghost. There's so much different terminology that we need to get around and get used to because as sons and daughters of God, because we're born again, how can we be anything but Spirit-filled? If, if I'm a spiritual son of God, that means I have his spirit. It, how can I get away from it? How could I be a born-again Christian and not have the spirit? If people ask you, well, are you filled with the Holy Ghost? Well, yeah, duh, I'm born again. <laughs> well, what do you think about tongues? Uh, that's not what we were talking about. We were talking about being spiritual beings. Let's not minimize this down to church membership or speaking in tongues or one of these gifts or that gifts. Let's talk about who we are in Christ, not what we do. Man, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. So we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. It's a free gift of his righteousness so that then 
I have the privilege of being called the son of God. Guess what? I get a robe, I get a ring, and I get Reeboks. Robe of righteousness? Come on. I get the ring, I'm going to get that ring. We'll all get rings. We get into heaven, we'll have that ring, Jesus' ring. Authority of Jesus? Man, guys do fist bumps down here. What are we going to do when we get the rings on up there? Come on. I probably have to. I wonder if this one will get improved or if I'll put this one on this one and then. Okay, that's good. So that's our second point. First point was it's our choice to receive him. Second, it's our choice to receive him. And the third point is it's our choice to receive him. Okay? All right. So let's turn to one more place. Let's go to Galatians chapter 3, please. So I've been talking a lot about being born again. I've been talking a lot about being baptized. I think uh, Paul explains the balance of being baptized, born again, sons of God. I think he balances out really well how he ties all this together in this passage. Galatians chapter 3, we're going to get down to verse 26. Galatians 3, verse 26. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ. Excuse me, faith in Christ Jesus. Verse 27. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. In other words, you are part of the kingdom's citizenship and you're a child of God, the Most High God. Man, so I love how Paul puts these things down. Once we're born again from above, we're clothed with his righteousness. And being children of God supersedes any other kind of category that people try to divide us with. We're all familiar with, I'll just remind you of some of these things. This is what's going on right now that we're getting bombarded with. Uh, things like nationality and race and social status, uh, net worth and sex. How about uh, prejudice or nationalism? We're, we're, many people are trying to divide us because of those things. And, and Christians are, are choosing sides. Um, wealth and poverty. Uh, you, you're either this rich and famous and, and you got all that, or you're less than, and these people ought to give us some of them, and, and so everything's fit. And, and Christians are choosing sides. Um, how about all things gender-related? <laughs> I'm just going to try to simplify this. The anti-gender stuff and the transgender stuff. Trying to divide people. Well, not only whether you're one or the other, but what do you stand for? Because you can't just have an opinion. If, if you're for or against, then you're a, a good or a bad guy, some, and, and that separates us. Do you know that by faith in Jesus, by our choice to receive Jesus Christ, believers are set free and transformed into his kingdom, family of oneness. Paul says, so you don't have to get sidetracked with whether you're a Jew or a Greek, whether you're American or you're Mexican. You don't have to get sidetracked whether you're free or slave. You don't have to get sidetracked whether you're a millionaire or you're not a millionaire. You don't have to get sidetracked with that. One doesn't make somebody better or worse. You, you are part of God's family now. 
doesn't even matter whether you're male or female. That stuff doesn't matter. Look higher. So are, are you a member at New Hall Christian Fellowship or are you a member of the Church of God? You bet. Are, are you a member at New Hall or are you a member of God's family? Because I much rather identify as a son of God than just a church member at New Hall Christian Fellowship. I mean, what happens if this place burns down and we don't have good insurance? I lose my membership? Uh-oh. Now I just got to wander around until I belong somewhere. Uh-oh. No. My membership is set. I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm part of God's family, and so are you guys. Man, we are so blessed. So I want to wrap this all up to a close, and my closing value is it's our choice to receive him. Because it's our choice. It's our choice to be sons and daughters if we receive Christ. It's our choice. Wow, it's amazing. So I want to point out a few things in the Bible uh, about water baptism and how important water baptism is taught from cover to cover, water baptism, and then this brand new life. Because I've seen many people say they put their faith in Jesus Christ and then they get water baptized and their life before Jesus and their life after water baptism, there's zero change. And it breaks my heart. I used to feel blamed for that and feel like, oh, I must have done something wrong. I needed to do more. I shouldn't have done this. I should have done that. But you know what? It, it's our choice to receive him. It's everyone's personal choice. Here's a, here's a water baptism. I know we don't think of it as water baptism. This is maybe the biggest water baptism in the Bible. How about Noah? Remember Noah? Noah got water baptized. The, the whole world got baptized. And then when he came out of that water, Noah started a radical new life. Right? How about Moses? Moses got baptized. Went, went right through a whole sea, an ocean. That, that's pretty big baptism. Him and millions of other people went right through that. And when they came through the baptism, a radical new life. Th their lives, there was nothing like their old lives. Uh, how about Joshua? Joshua got baptized. After Moses died, Joshua gets put in charge, and God says, cross over the Jordan. So he goes up to the Jordan, and when the priest's feet hit it, it parts. They go through the water in a baptism, get over in the promised land, and start a radical new life. How about Elijah and Elijah? You guys know them, right? Elijah was this crazy prophet who could do just about any kind of miracle. You name it, he could do it. Guy lost his axe head in the water. Elijah goes over and throws a stick in the water. Axe head comes up, floats to the top. Uh, what scripture are you quoting on that one, Elijah? <laughs> uh, all things are possible with God? How about that one? So Elijah and Elisha. Elijah follows through on Elijah's uh, uh, ministry. So Elijah, they come up to the Jordan, and Elijah gets caught up in a uh, chariot of fire. Horses and chariot all of fire that come out of heaven, pick up this prophet and take off. As he's taken off out of there, his scarf comes off, his mantle falls off. So Elijah, that came off of Elijah, Elisha picks up his mantle, goes up to the Jordan, same one as Joshua's Jordan. He comes up to the Jordan, shabam, hits that thing, whoosh, Parts it, walks across, puts on the mantle, starts a brand new life. Water baptism, brand new life, radical new life, not just an improvement, 
a new life with God. It's absolutely positively amazing. The most important one probably would be Jesus. Jesus has a pretty normal life for 30 years. Goes and gets water baptized, comes back to completely radical new life. That was the Jordan, by the way. Some kind of a pattern in the Jordan, huh? John the Baptist did all his baptizing in the Jordan. Joshua, Joshua, Jesus, John the Baptist. It's amazing. But all of them come in to this uh, a water event. They go through the parting of the waters, and they come out to a brand new life, completely new radical life. Let me ask you this. Is there anyone here that's heard me talk today and you're not sure if you're a son or a daughter of the Most High God? Is there anyone here that's never asked Jesus to be their Lord and Savior and would like to do that right now? Praise God, hallelujah. Awesome. Is there anyone here that did ask Jesus to be their Lord and Savior but's never been water baptized that would like to be water baptized? Because we're going to be baptizing people right there three weeks from today. So if you'd like to be baptized, or maybe you want some more information on water baptism, I actually have a whole handout that talks way more in depth about the theology behind water baptism that I can give to you, that you can take your time, you can look up the scriptures, you can pray about it, so your faith is totally in what the Bible says about baptism, not just in a guy's 45-minute talk about children of God. So three questions. Are you, are you born again? It looks like everybody is. Would you like to get water baptized? You can come and ask me, and I'll give you information or pray with you. I'll, I'll help you out. Last, last question I want to ask all of us, me and you. Since I was water baptized, am I living a scriptural life? By that I mean, is, is my new life now, since I was baptized, is it different than my old life? Or do I need to repent some more? Is there some things I need to repent? You know, sometimes if you've been in the Lord a while, it's not like, I don't smoke anymore, I don't chew anymore, a lot of the nonsense stuff I used to do. But you know what? I can have crappy attitudes sometimes. And, and that's just as bad. Because attitude inside splashes out on people on the outside. And so I, I just want to leave that question with you guys. You don't need a whole other sermon. I already gave you one. <laughs> um, where yet since you were water baptized? Are you walking out a brand new life like Jesus and Joshua and some of the other prophets? Or is maybe some adjustments need to be made? So um, I'm just going to pray for all of us right now. And if there's anyone that would like me to pray with you or for you after this, just come on up. I'd love to pray with anyone or pray for anyone. And right now I'm just going to close with prayer and then you're free to leave or come on up and me and Jeanette will pray for you. So Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your word. Father, I thank you for the totality of your word and how it always fits together. There's not one part that contradicts a different part. And your word is really clear. When we repent of our self-centered selfishness and we put our faith in Jesus Christ as our loving Lord and Savior, we are born again. We're born from above. We have a spiritual birth. And so, Lord, I just pray right now in Jesus Christ's mighty name uh, that all of us would experience more power for this born-again life that you've called us to. Father, your word teaches that our lives should be radically different than how we lived before we knew you. Now that we're sons and daughters, our lives should be different. And Lord, I think all of us could freely say we need your help and your power to be different. So Lord, would you please fill us up to overflowing now? Would you baptize us with your Holy Spirit? Would you fill us top to bottom with your Holy Spirit? 
And would you please speak to us, spirit to spirit, about the things you want changed in each one of our hearts and each one of our lives. Please give us the power to love you more and then to live out of that love. I bless your flock. Father, I bless your sons and daughters. I bless them in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And I pray for fruition to come in their lives of all you created them to be, all that you created them to walk in, all the good plans you have for their lives, Lord. I just bless them into that in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. And I speak release over them now that there would be a new freedom to walk in all that you've called them to do. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the one and only risen Savior, amen. So God bless you. Uh, don't forget, just double-check the bulletin, what's coming up this week and next week so that you don't forget. And maybe hanging on your fridge, just keep an eye on what's going on because I'd hate to have you just miss out on something. There's a lot of good things going on right now. So God bless you. Have a great week. If you want prayer, come on up, please.